Welcome to the Vibe Lifter podcast. I'm Tish, one of the Reglan Food co-founders, and I'm here to help lift your vibe with inspiring stories from people out in their local communities doing good mahi. So settle in and let's meet our guest of the day. Today, we're chatting with Piggy Oki, skateboarding legend, environmental activist, and of course, friend and protector of our whales and dolphins. Kia ora, Piggy. Such Kira a treat Tish. to have you here in the factory today. We've only caught up a couple of times before, but I always leave feeling inspired. So it's amazing to have you on the podcast. Well, kia ora, Tish. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's lovely. So you've had a very diverse background and journey. I know I was pretty impressed seeing you in the doco about the Dogtown Z-Boys as the only female skater in the crew back in the 70s. Can you share a little bit about your lifetime love of surfing and skateboarding? Ooh, I've been skate. I started skateboarding when I was just a little girl. <laughs> How little, little are we talking? Oh, I think about seven years old. Wow. And uh, my father had bought a skateboard for my brother and I. Each we had our own and we started skateboarding and getting into adventures on skateboards. Yes, <laughs> as you then. do. Whereabouts yeah. was this at this, the time? This is uh, near the coast in Southern California, like to the coastal part of, of Los Angeles area. Wow. Yeah. Marina del Rey, Playa del Rey, Venice, Santa Monica. Yep. All the hot spots. Yeah. And so then you were how old when you ended up in the Dogtown Sea Boys? That was, I was about 18 at that time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is before skateboarding was really cool, right? Like it was kind of just starting to get a real following. There was a time when it was very popular, mm. uh, but then it kind of fell away. Oh. And then this was kind of like the beginning of a revival of skateboarding. Bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And then you were surfing at the same time, or did that start a bit later? I was skateboarding when I was a kid from about the age of seven. And then I dropped the skateboard after a, a year or so because those were with those really hard wheels oh. that I call the Fred Flintstone wheels. Oh, yikes. And, yeah. yeah. And and so I didn't skateboard for a long time. And then when I started surfing, my brother had been making skateboards in wood shop and he, oh. he made a skateboard for me with the new Cadillac wheels, the polyurethane mm. material that that doesn't stop on little tiny pebbles. Life-changing. Yeah. And so then you were like, oh, actually, this is yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> uh-huh. And as I was learning to surf and there were days when there wasn't uh, rideable waves, I would ride my skateboard. Yeah. So you've always got something. Mm-hmm. And you're still surfing now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many years later, you're, you're still out there and still looking really good oh, <laughs> in the water. Thanks, I've thanks. seen lots of photos and videos of you. Oh. And you've done heaps of work over the years with your origami whales art and social activism project. Where's that leading you this year? I'd love to hear more about that. Well, last year I uh, revisited the origami whales project with actual curtains of origami whales to um, raise awareness and actually bring these curtains of origami whales to Iceland. Mm. And I'm still working on the issue of Icelandic whaling, but primarily I'm looking to get into furthering my project on, on raising awareness about entanglement and bycatch. Yes, which a lot of people don't know about or even Mm. understand. What's the kind of bite-sized version (laughs) explanation on that? 
Well, with the fishing industry, there's fishing nets primarily, mm. and and there's also gear like ropes and things and line. And when there's active fishing, bycatch happens when these trawlers and such have any boats with nets are dragging nets behind and everything in its path gets taken. Yes. Yep. So yep. fish plus dolphins, seabirds, sharks, seals, sea lions, turtles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just all everything. getting bundled up. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. the policy is kind of, it's not to save those animals that you've accidentally caught. Often they just get killed or they kind of end up sitting on the deck of a boat, you know, slowly dying, right? Because no one can be bothered to get around mm-hmm. to actually untangling them and putting mm-hmm. them back. It's rather tragic. Yeah. So it sounds like you're quite aware of, of it. I watched a few Oh, did you (laughs) watch Seaspiracy? Yes, and it's quite horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, yep, yep. But it's so important. I really feel that it's important that that everybody, you know, especially people who care, know where their food, you know, what's associated with how they get their food. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's got to eat. Yeah. So let's eat in ways that are sustainable and more friendly to our fellow beings. Agreed. <laughs> I'm all for that. I was actually really surprised when you told me when we last caught up that multiple countries still have active whaling industries, right? So mm. you mentioned Iceland already and then Norway and Japan because mm-hmm. I, I thought this was long gone. I thought this was sort of a cruel practice of the past. So why is it still happening and what can we do about it? It's a long story, I guess, to explain why Japanese whaling is is going on. But I will say that it is not a cultural reason. Mm. And it's very politically deeply ingrained, nationalistic pride. It's a tricky one. Right. Because Japan was basically lying, using the the exemption called scientific whaling to to get minke whales off the Antarctic. But they were actually harvesting them and, and, and selling the meat. Oh. In Japan. Right. So it's not a research project. Well, uh, yeah. And on top of it, it wasn't a profit making thing. Strange. So, this is, as I'm saying, this is a long story of all these things. It's taxpayer dollars being used to fund these whaling fleets that were going to Antarctica. And then ultimately, when Australia uh, filed the case against them and in the International Court of Justice, Japan basically kind of lost and said, well, then we'll just whale in our own waters. Uh, and we're going to leave the IWC too. Right. Take that. <laughs> Sore losers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then right. Norway, Norway, they still eat uh, minke whale meat. So they hunt oh. wh- minke whales. And they actually sell it in sort of supermarkets and, and things. restaurants so. and things oh, in, gosh. in Norway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, how bizarre. Yeah. Strange. And, strange yeah. to know that that's still happening. Yeah. And then Iceland, that whale meat is being primarily sold to Japan. Oh, and an even more bizarre yeah, twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy who's doing the whaling in Iceland, he's the last person, the, the, his his company. Uh-huh. And he's a multimillionaire who doesn't, he loses money on this endeavor. Right. But he claims that he's got to do it because his father did it. Right. <laughs> your father's father. So, some so there's all generational these, tradition. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But the good news is that we're getting... I feel like we're so close to ending the whaling in Iceland. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you took over the petition and you were talking to government. And- yeah, curtains of origami fin whales that were delivered to government offices. Yes. To three different right. decision makers. 
That would get your attention. I would hope <laughs> so. have thousands of origami whales <laughs> At least two out of three publicly showed their curtain. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. That's, they, a, that's a good update. They update. seem to like it, yeah. And what is it that has captured you about cetaceans? And for those who don't know uh, cetaceans, that encompasses whales, dolphins, all of that family, right? When I last saw you, you were telling me about fulfilling a lifetime dream to swim with giant sperm whales, which sounded incredible. So yeah, what makes these creatures so special in your eyes? I would say that because I started surfing and and appreciating being in the ocean and then learning about dolphins surfing and then actually seeing dolphins surfing. I went, wow, that's really cool. (laughs) You guys are good at that. Yeah. And then I later learned that whales surf also. They do? Yes. I've seen, I've seen like video of whales surfing and it's like, that's incredible. Amazing. I just felt inspired and want, and learning more about them and how they're intelligent, how they look after each other and they're young mm. and all these things that some humans would like to just say that we only do that kind of stuff. But no, there no. are a lot of animals out there that look after each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it just happens that the dolphins and whales have inspired me and I want to give back to them. Aww. I thought it was amazing on the Avatar movie, like the mm. most recent one. Wasn't that beautiful how they <laughs> showed was, that? I thought was. that was, yeah, something that people could really relate to, mm. how they showed that kind of connection between the people of that mm-hmm. place and mm-hmm. the whales. And it was, uh, yeah, I think I cried watching it actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a little teary eyed thinking yes. about it. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, it was, it was yeah. gorgeous. And then speaking of movies, um, I know you're working on a couple of film screenings at the moment. So can you give me a little bit of information about the the films, why people might want yeah. to check them out? Which, yeah. what, what are the movies you're wanting to show? Sure. Uh, thank you for asking. I'm I'm uh, working on getting uh, Deep Rising screened yep, at, seen that. at the old school and at uh, Raglan Area School to, mm-hmm. to one of my friends, a teacher's uh, marine science group. And there'll be about maybe 50 students to, to watch that. Oh, that's good. And Deep Rising is a documentary about seabed mining. Oh, yes. And that's an important thing. We've the New Zealand has got some big hearing coming mm. up, the TTR hearing in March. Yes. Mid-March. So the more awareness we raise about this, the more important. And that's Trans Tasman Resources, right? I GTR? think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the last time it went, you know, yeah. they were campaigning and Kiwis against seabed mining, Chasm mm-hmm. locally. They won, you know, and we, we were all so excited. We're like, yes, we've got rid of them. You know, they're not going to mine our waters, and then now they're back again. <laughs> yep, they are. They are. And thankfully, um, Phil McCabe, who was with, with Chasm, who's gone on to really just bigger things with, with international seabed mining matters. We're working together, and and he's going to do some Q&A. And oh, great talk further about the issue after the films. Oh, he's such a cool guy. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. So looking forward to that. We haven't confirmed 100% a date, but it'll probably be before Maui Dolphin Day. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then the other um, film, Seaspiracy, which oh, is, yes. yeah, that's such an important film. And I've, I've, I tried to get it screened last year and I tried again this year and I got approval from the filmmakers, but because of their contract with Netflix, oh. it's not going to happen. Oh, no. But the thing is that all the people listening here, all the listeners here are going to hear me say, watch Seaspiracy. Yeah. And it's easy to find. Yeah. You can just watch it online. Yep. 
It definitely puts you off ever eating fish. Not that I have I for a long hope. time anyway, mm. but, but after you yeah. watch that, you're like, wow, there's a lot going on here that I didn't know about. Mm. Yeah. And even with things like um, microplastic contamination of fish, mm. you know, I was reading a report saying that 75% of the fish in New Zealand waters have microplastics in them. Mm. I mean, that's yeah, the, it's I, scary. I saw that coming, oh gosh, like at least 15 years ago or something when I was hearing about, I think they called them nurdles or oh, something. Oh, yes, the little tiny bits. <laughs> the little bits. tiny yeah. bits, but pre-microplastic. Yes. And washing up on, looking like sand on the beach. And I thought... You know, if there's that much, the fish are probably somehow getting them in their bodies too. Oh, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Mm. They have no idea. Yeah, rather toxic. Yeah. yeah, not cool. Yeah. So Maui Dolphin Day, which you mm-hmm. mentioned, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, so that's the 2nd of March. I think I've got that in my calendar. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Can you share a bit about the Kopapa and the, the history of it for those who might not have been before? I think most people here in, in Raglan know about it, but others won't be aware. Well, Maui Dolphin Day, it's been going on since about 2002, I think. Mm, Quite a while. 2002 or 2003. Yeah, it's been going on for quite a while. It's a super fun event to raise awareness and love for the Maui Dolphins and celebrate the Maui Dolphins and the Extreme Raft Race, I think it's been a part of Maui Dolphin Day almost since the first one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which is an ing- fun. super fun. So I hope everybody will come on down. And uh, all the information about the event is at the website, fingaroa.org.nz forward slash Maui dash dolphin dash day. And uh, there will be raft categories for the raft race. Performances that have been confirmed. The swabs are making a comeback. And then uh, Teresa Mitchells will be performing songs. Circus Aotearoa will be yes. there. Yes, yep. And so that's... Circus Tricks. Yeah. And yeah, we, it sounds like a fun day. Yeah, and we're it's still more than a month away where, where all sorts of things will be added on, I'm sure. Cool. Come uh, on down, everybody. Yes, great promo. <laughs> kind of coming back to what you're talking about with fish and food. What are some facts you've learned that have surprised you about our current food system? I know you've watched a lot of documentaries and you're really interested in this and I'd love to hear some of the things that you've learned. I would say that over the course of the years and including for my studies in environmental biology, so what I've learned is the majority of food comes from industrialized agriculture Mm. where mass production is prioritized over health and environment and animal welfare. Mm. And so profit and high productivity is more important than the things that we really need. Mm, Like nutrients. You know, there's that saying, you can't eat money. Yeah, (laughs) you can. And so that's, uh, uh, you know, an unfortunate thing. And the film that we screened last year, one of the two, uh, was Eating Our Way to Extinction. Oh, And so that's another important thing. It talks about... Uh, how animal agriculture is very seriously impacting the environment. We also screened the documentary Milked. Oh, yeah, that's M-I-L-K-E-D. a good M-I-L-K-E-D, yep. Mm-hmm. And had a Q&A with the filmmaker, Amy Taylor. Oh, you actually had her come. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. We had a little viewing for our whole team just outside the factory. Oh, <laughs> we we great. projected it onto the side wall of the oh, factory wow. and watched it. Oh. Yeah, it was really, really well done, I thought. Mm. Done a good job with yeah. that. Yeah. And I think she's doing something else, another documentary now. I don't know what, but. Okay. She's yeah. on a roll. Yeah. Oh. But it's, I think it's really important that since we are eating, yes. to be aware of the impacts of our food choices. Yeah. And we can choose food that's not so harmful on the environment and not so harmful to our bodies or to our fellow beings. Yeah, so we can just make better choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and being uh, aware and educated is the whole start of it. Yeah, yep. and from there you can make different decisions. You've been plant-based for a really long time now. I don't remember exactly how many years, but I know it's a long time. Do you have any delicious recipe ideas or favorite things you make for friends to show them that it can be quite yummy to eat plant-based? I would say that my gado gado, my Peggy oh. Peggy's version of gado gado, mm. is a big hit okay. at, the par- at the parties at the potluck. So I'll, I'll, it's very easy to make. You just uh, make a, a nice peanut sauce that's yep. hot, mm. and you've had you've got the broccoli all cut up into small bite sized pieces, and then uh, you make baked marinated tofu in the oven so and it's it's thin slices of tofu firm tofu Mm. and then baked in like a teriyaki sauce Mm. so we get like a little bit crispy Mm. Mm. and then I cut that up into pieces bite-sized pieces and then throw that in while it's still hot into it with the broccoli and the peanut sauce goes on top of that while Mm. it's still hot so it just warms the broccoli and oh that's only good it's it's quite popular. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be up for Piggy's Gado Gado for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. How, how long have you been plant-based out of interest? Close to 23 years. 23 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. And what do you love to do in your own time? What restores your soul? I would say rock climbing and mm-hmm. surfing and hanging out around horses. Oh, horses. I didn't yeah. actually know about your interest in horses. Do you ride? <laughs> I do, but that's not my primary interest. You just like hanging out. I like hanging out with them. They have a nice energy, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And some of them really like to be visited. Do you go out to, um, is it Spirit Rides? I think Stephanie's still doing that on the way to Tuna. No, I haven't I haven't met uh, Stephanie and done the Spirit Rides thing. Yeah, I haven't no. been out there either, but I know she does some quite amazing yeah. stuff out there because I think she has kids come and ride and mm. you know, it's good for the kids having the bonding with the horses mm-hmm. and... Yeah. So yeah. which horses do you visit? Or do you uh, have one uh, locally? Or? There, there's, a, there's a friend who, who has um, oh. a couple. She's got a Kaimanua. Her friend has a Kaimanua. And then she also has a Welsh pony. Wow. And so the Welsh pony is my little buddy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a lot of times I just visit and hang out with him a little bit. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they're beautiful animals. They are. I used to ride quite a lot when I was younger, oh. but I haven't ridden in years. My mm. cousin had a horse trekking business mm. when I was growing up, so I'd go and help lead the horse tracks and, you know, brush the horses down at the end of the day. And oh. yeah, it's lovely hanging out with them. I it understand. Is. It <laughs> is. Even just visiting them and, and giving them a, a grooming, a nice little cleanup and a chance to run around and kick up their heels and all yes. that. Yeah. They literally do kick up the heels. They do. Yep. And are there any other projects coming up for 2024 that you're feeling excited about? You mentioned a few already. Um, any other ones that you'd like to share about? Like I said earlier, continuing with my entanglement 
uh, project with Origami Whales Project to raise awareness about entanglement. Mm. And at Maui Dolphin Day, people can come and view what I created last year with the help of all sorts of people who folded a thousand origami Maui dolphins. Wow. I made a mosaic. That's amazing. Yeah, so I hope everyone will come down and, and, and see the exhibit and and participate in our art actions. And then uh, we'll see how things go, but I may be working on a children's book. Oh, is it about <laughs> whales or dolphins, perhaps? Uh, no. It isn't? It's about oh. surfing. About surfing. Oh, yeah. Surfing so adventure. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, so I'd we'll like see. That yeah. Because that wasn't even the most dolphins, right? You were telling me the other one had, was it 35,000? What was the project that had the most origami oh, whales? Oh, that's the Big Curtain, which has over 40,000 origami whales wow, in it now. 40,000. Yeah. Gosh, that's a lot of origami. Yeah, it is. And and the paper, I asked people who were participating to uh, reuse paper. Oh, right. So it's all recycled as well. Well, not all of it, but a lot of the people it. who, yeah, yeah, just sending out these, please upcycle the paper. And I for, you know, describe the kind that's working, that works best. And yeah. So that we're saving trees while we're saving whales. Yes, why not? Save both. Yes. <laughs> they both need saving. Yes. Yes, well, they do. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a training on how to make an origami whale. <laughs> I have never really done much with origami at all, but oh. yeah, it would be fun. I can show me how to make one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll contribute one to Maui Dolphin Day. <laughs> Is there something that you're reading or watching or listening to at the moment that you're drawing inspiration from? Uh, Right now I'm reading a book that was published a while back by Wade and Jan Doak, D-O-A-K, and they're New Zealanders. Okay. And the book is Bringing the Bird Song Back. Oh, I haven't read that one. And it's interesting because there's this wonderful comparison between land animals Mm. in New Zealand and aquatic animals Mm. and aquatic life. And I'm reading this part right now about mangroves. It's really interesting to learn about different New Zealand species. and mm. Yeah. So is there a theory that if you plant, I don't know, the right trees or you create the right environment, then the birds will come back? Is that kind of what they're advocating for? I'm thinking so. I haven't gotten to that part yet. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of about a quarter of the way through as he's describing all these these things very colourfully and... Mm, but so, yes, that's I, I like the idea of rewilding. Yes. Yeah, it's a cool concept. <laughs> mm. I think more people are talking about rewilding now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I hear that word come up more than I used to. And the concept for, I don't know, anyone listening who hasn't heard it before, is basically that we've taken the wild out <laughs> of the land and our environment. You know, we've cut the trees down, we've we've made everything into square, green, quite boring lawns. There's not much going on them. And massive paddocks. Yeah, big paddocks for animals to graze, lots of concrete. So the wild's being gradually just pushed away and away and away. And then the rewilding concept is like, well, let's let nature come back and do its thing. And then once you do that, then you get the the bugs and the birds and the creatures and, you know, everything kind of comes back into that environment. Yeah, it's a beautiful concept. I think so. 
During COVID, when a lot of humans were in lockdown and unable to even go outside much, it was very interesting to see these reports from all across the world of, of wildlife coming back in. Yes. They're like, <laughs> like, thank goodness, they're gone. <laughs> at least for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting today, Piggy. Oh, um, thank you, Tesh. Yeah, it's just really energizing seeing someone who's living their values, following their passions, you know, creating art, bringing all these people together around these different projects. It's really awesome. And I love everything that you're doing to protect and speak for you know beautiful intelligent creatures who can't easily speak for themselves Mm. so thank you for that oh thanks tesh (laughs) just following my passion yeah and i hope everybody will think about what they love and and do things for the things that they love yeah yeah it's a care about thing if you actually follow what you genuinely care about Mm -hmm. then all these opportunities open up Mm -hmm. right yep thanks piggy thank you tesh listening to the vibe lifter podcast we hope that tuning into this interview has lifted your vibe check out raglanfoodco.com to learn more about the people and projects we're stoked to be supporting that you play